You are listening to the Grace Covenant Cornelius Podcast. I don't know about you, but there are just things that I'm so grateful for today. My heart is full of gratitude to the Lord. First of all, I'm incredibly grateful that the God that created the sun, the stars, the moons, and the ocean can speak to that hurricane, whatever its name is, Dorian, and he can just take the wind right out of its sails, and uh, he can also just guard all those people who are in the path and give them wisdom and discernment. I am glad that God is sovereign and he knows what's going on. I'm also um, just really glad that the Spirit of the Lord has been so prevalent today. We had a, we've just had wonderful services today, and, and this one is going to be great as well, because I know that God is going to speak to your heart today, and some of you are going to have a powerful encounter with the living God today. I just declare that. And I'm also just full of happiness, because the sermon notes are absolutely blank today, and I don't have to worry about missing filling in a blank. Woo! I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Um, it's the little things in life that we just have to get pleasure out of, right? So um, I want, we're going to be focusing on some verses that are in chapter 4 of Acts today. Um, but before we get to those verses and read them together, I actually want to set the stage for you and I want to summarize the first four chapters of Acts in about two minutes. So here's, here's the stage. Um, Jesus has died, he's been resurrected, and he has ascended to heaven. He told the disciples that he, that he wanted them to go to an upper room, and they did, and they gathered together out of obedience with another 120 believers, and they prayed, and they worshiped God, and they waited on the Lord. And in doing that, the Holy Spirit came with tongues of fire, just filled them all up, and empowered them for the ministry that God had for them to do. And Peter goes out, he leaves that meeting, he preaches in a, in just an incredible, powerful message to people, and people are getting saved, and, but yet, at the same time, the world is still full of opposition against them. And one day, he and John, Peter and John, are walking to the temple, and they encounter a, a man who has been lame since birth, and this man asks them for money. And Peter and John go, hey, no cash on hand. Um, but we don't have any money to give you, but what we do have to give you, um, we just say, um, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the man experiences a miracle, and he begins to walk, and he goes to the temple, and he's shouting, and he's cheering, and celebrating, and another uh, people start forming around him. And Peter, like any good pastor, there's more than three people, so he sees an opportunity to preach, and so he goes for it. And the religious leaders are livid. They are not happy. In fact, it uses the word in the scripture, they are disturbed. And so um, they uh, basically... They arrest Peter and John, and in order to silence them, they put them in prison. <laughs> kind of a strategy that's still happening today, right? And um, they put them in prison, and then Peter and John are brought before the, the Sanhedrin, the council, and um, 
they think they are going to get, the, the, the council thinks they are going to be prosecuting these two disciples, these two apostles, but what happens is Peter actually prosecutes them and ends up telling them, hey, the one that you crucified, God raised from the dead, and now and it's in his name that we bring healing to people. So then they say, well, okay, we're going to let you out of prison, but you stop sharing this thing about Jesus, you know, just knock it off. And um, um, no more talk about him. Yeah, right. So they go on. They go to a life group meeting, and everybody's there, and they're praising the Lord and just and just worshiping the Lord. And then they end their time in their life group in prayer. And that's what we're going to read about. That's where we are today. So the first scripture that we're going to read um, that has to do with while they are on trial. And then the next two scriptures that we're going to read. These are prayers that are. Prayed um, in their life group meeting when they all when they all gather back together in community. Now, when you get to a certain word that's highlighted in yellow, I want you to speak it out with like unction and umph. Okay, ready? Here we go. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the oh, I love it of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. And now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us, your servants, great in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After this prayer, the meeting place shook. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. Oh, you guys get the award. 11 o'clock gets the award for being bold in saying boldness. Okay. And whoever was over in that corner, I'm giving you a fist bump right now because you really took it to heart. Okay. So. The word that we said out loud and emphasized was the word boldness. boldness. So, I need to ask you this morning, are you a bold believer? Or are you a timid follower of Christ? From a scale of 1 to 10, how amazed are people at your boldness when it comes to representing our King, Savior, and Redeemer in the marketplace, at school, or in the neighborhood? To answer that question, you may want to consider what bold means, the definition of it. To be bold is to be brave, courageous, undaunted, and fearless in the face of danger. Being bold is not being brazen. Being bold is not being arrogant, pushy, or having the ability to tell someone off. Some people think they're being bold, but actually they're just being rude and not using good manners. Can I get an amen? Um, boldness in the biblical sense is not a personality trait. You don't have to be an extrovert to be bold. In fact, one of the boldest moments in scripture is when Jesus is absolutely silent in front of his accusers. In Peter's prayer in verse 29, 
He prays, now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. In the midst of that prayer, Peter is telling us or showing us that holy boldness is acting by the power of the Holy Spirit to stand for Christ in the midst of opposition. While living in Washington, D.C., my husband and I had the privilege of being invited to the National Prayer Breakfast the year that Mother Teresa was the featured speaker. When she walked out onto the the stage, she um, was very much like a lamb. She only stood about four foot ten. They had to slide a box behind the lectern for her to stand on so we could see her tiny little frame behind the podium. And even though she had a microphone, you kind of had to lean in to listen to what she had to say. Um, she was totally and completely unassuming. Yet, when she challenged the well over 3,000 legislators, politicians, and international leaders that were gathered in this room regarding God's word on what he said and how he saw the value of life, she turned into a lion. When she warned about the spiritual cost to a nation that legislates the allowing of the murder of unborn babies and looked into the eyes of legislators and proclaimed, if you don't want your children, give them to me. I will love them. I knew that I was in the presence of one of the boldest people in the world. She wasn't putting on a bold front. She was a surrendered servant who loved God and his word more than she loved herself. She had a spirit-empowered conviction that she expressed with great courage and a sense of urgency. And regardless, and she expressed her conviction regardless of what this group of people were going to say about her after they left the room. In addition to hearing about people like Mother Teresa, we read of multiple people in the scriptures like David and Deborah and Sipporah and Joshua, Meshach, um, Abednego, Daniel, Esther. Um, their boldness, when we read about, when we read the stories of their lives, their boldness infects us and it becomes contagious. So I have to ask you today, why are we, the body of Christ, not more bold in sharing our faith? We sing with great fervor during worship and give praise to God, but yet when we go out into the culture, we back down in standing for him. Why do we retreat for standing for the truth and the righteousness of Christ? Why do we retreat when we know that people are violating the scriptures? One reason I find is stated in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, where we are told to be sober and diligent Because the enemy of God, Satan, prowls around seeking to take advantage of and devour Christ followers. Lucifer has an agenda 
and an attitude. His first priority is to keep people blinded from the truth of Jesus as the Son of God and the Savior of the world. And his second priority, if he fails at the first one, is to halt the spread and sharing of the truths spoken by Christ. When we speak the truth of God's word in our PC culture today, we stir up this devourer. And I believe that hell's weapon of choice today is intimidation. Merriam-Webster's uh, Collegiate Dictionary de- defines to intimidate as to discourage, coerce, or suppress by or as if by threatening. I am confident of two things that I know about our adversary. One, he wants to silence the people of God from speaking the truth of God's word and stop us from sharing Jesus as the way of salvation. And two, he knows how much we like our comfortableness. He knows that um, we get afraid and we'll back down if we're uh, going to be criticized or ostracized. And he uses the spirit of intimidation to um, pressure us to put the brakes on sharing our faith and standing for righteousness. His threats are whispers in our ear that sound like losses. He wants us to become afraid of what we might lose. So we hear inside of our mind, if you take a stand, you're going to lose your reputation. You're going to look silly and sound stupid. I mean, how much do you really know? You're going to lose popularity and position, and you might even lose your finances if you speak out. It's interesting to me that the word intimidation actually has embedded in the middle of it another word, timid. And that's exactly what the enemy's goal is. He wants the body of Christ to be timid. However, The Holy Spirit spoke to us through another follower of Christ by the name of Timothy. And in 2 Timothy chapter 1 verses 6 and 7, the Holy Spirit has Timothy pen these words. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but power, love, and and a sound mind. To deal with intimidation successfully and push it back, we must be settled on two issues. First, fear or timidity is a spirit. And second, it is not from God. Since intimidation is a spirit, it cannot be fought through positive thinking or pop psychology. Spiritual resistance always requires spiritual assistance. Timothy tells us that the weapons against intimidation are power, love, and a sound mind. So what is a sound mind? I submit that it's more than having a knowledge of Scripture. I mean, the Sanhedrin that Peter and John went before, they were experts in the Scripture. But when 
Two uneducated fishermen came before them. They were completely perplexed by the wisdom and the boldness of these men. And then they say this very interesting statement at the end of verse 13. Luke records, they also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. A sound, the sound mind that Timothy is referring to isn't something that we're born with or that we receive through scriptural training. A, the sound mind that he's referring to is knowing the mind of Christ. And you have the mind of Christ to the degree that you are in fellowship, that you are connected to Christ. Boldness is found in our connection to Jesus. Does anybody know uh, what branch of the military these guys are from? Navy SEAL. Aren't they awesome looking? Talk about intimidating. Whoa. Um, Anyway, recently I heard an interview with a Navy SEAL who had been a Navy SEAL for some time, and he was reflecting upon graduating from uh, Navy SEAL. SEAL school. Um, I think it's called BUDS. It's called BUDS training. Um, Yeah, I'm such a military person. Um, Anyway, he said that when he graduated from BUDS training, he was absolutely convinced that he was invincible. This is what he said. I know to the core of my being that I am part of an elite group that has received the best military training in the world, has the best equipment in the world, and a community has my back. I have the nation of America behind me. Therefore, it seems inconceivable to me that I would ever fail. Now, that's boldness. Navy SEALs go into every battle with a boldness that flows from the confidence of their identity. So if a man can go into battle with this level of confidence, I would like to suggest to you that a Christian, a person who is in Christ and robed in the righteousness of Christ, we ought to live with a level of boldness that overshadows a Navy SEAL. How do we grow in this identity in Christ? Actually, it happens on a day-by-day basis. It is a process. We have to read the words of Christ. We have to read the words that have been written into the scriptures. And then we have to believe them and walk them out. 1 Peter 2.9 says this about your identity if you have put your trust in Christ. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, and God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who has called you out of darkness and into his glorious light. That's who you are. That is your identity. You are special to God, and he assures you of that, that you are God's special possession in order that you would be able to stand and make him known. 
In the coming weeks, some of you might have to exercise a little bit of that identity because as you go to issue an invitation to someone to come to Nick V, I can almost guarantee you that some of you are going to be assaulted by the spirit of intimidation. You are going to be told and it's going to be whispered into your ears. Don't tell them about that. You might offend them. Don't tell them about that. They're not going to like it that you're pushing Jesus on them. Well, I'm telling you right now, you need to stand against the devil who's a liar, and you just need to say, no, I'm in Christ, for Christ, and here's the invitation, right? Just put it out there. Put it out there. Rise up in your identity, because people need Jesus. To live a life of holy boldness, not only do we need to be connected to Jesus, we need to know what God says about himself. When the believers heard that Peter and John had been freed, it says that they lifted their voices together in prayer and they said this, O sovereign Lord, creator of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. In other words, their boldness was, came from their confidence in God. Proverbs 14 26 and 27 says the fear of the Lord produces confidence and boldness. So what is the fear of the Lord? Well, it's more than just respecting him. Fearing God means to give him the place of honor and reverence and esteem and preeminence that he deserves because of who he is. When you find yourself facing opposition and intimidation wants you to be more of have more fear of man than fear of God um, and paralyze you from sharing your faith you need to remember the words of David and what he spoke to that giant intimidator with the name of Goliath this is what he said let this sink into the fabric of your soul this morning This is recorded in Samuel 17, chapter 17. You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the Lord of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into my hands that's how you handle intimidation to live out our faith with boldness we need to be connected to Jesus have confidence in who our God says that he is and then we need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit when Peter and John were released from prison and returned to their um, I'll just say life group turned to their church group they prayed this prayer And now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power and may miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. 
After this prayer, the meeting place shook. I love that. We need a new, we need some shaking. Um, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached with the word of God with boldness. Knowing that the opposition was not going to stop, that the persecution was going to keep coming, that intimidation was going to keep pressing against them. These saints did not pray for comfort. They did not pray um, for safety. They prayed for the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to be able to boldly share the word of God and be conduits for miraculous signs that would witness to the greatness of Jesus. I don't know about you, but that convicts me. Before the empowering of the Holy Spirit, Peter was a man who desired to be bold, but he acted out of his own strength and failed miserably. Remember, he cut off a soldier. Might have looked like a bold move, but he was actually afraid of what was going to happen to them next. And then before a rooster crowed three times, he um, chickened out with a little girl and he wasn't even able to admit that he knew Christ. But after his encounter with the Holy Spirit, Peter was filled with holy boldness. Once he was fully surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus and filled with the Holy Spirit, Peter no longer buckled under intimidation during times of pressure. In fact, as we continue to read about his life, his boldness became contagious. This summer, my husband and I had the opportunity to attend a conference that um, was about the persecuted church. And there were lots of speakers at this conference. There were people from Iran and, and Pakistan and Turkey and I don't remember all the countries, but each one of these speakers were, were sharing their experience of being persecuted. Their stories were very different. Some of them, um, it was about their churches being burned, their congregations being burned within the churches. Um, some of them had family members who had been tortured and murdered because they would not, they would not um, give up the name of Jesus. Um, some of them had been imprisoned themselves, and and um, all their stories were very different. But the endings of all of their remarks had the exact same theme to them. And what each one of these speakers um, shared at the end of their message was how they were praying for the church in the United States. And what they shared was they were praying that the church of the U.S. in all of its abundance and all of its comfort would be able to stand against the waves of persecution that were moving from the east to the west. That we would be able to stand with boldness and continue to declare the goodness of God and the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Walt and I were humbled hearing them over and over share this at the end of their messages. You know, 
in the book, um, at the end of, if we go all the way to the end of the book of the Bible, we know that the pressure of intimidation is going to mount. It's going to increase. In fact, Jesus speaking to the church is quoted in Matthew 24:10, saying this. He's referring to the, the last days of the church age. And he says, and then many, and the many is the church, people who claim to be believers and followers of Christ. But then many will fall away. And betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. Church, it is going to take boldness to endure. And we are not going to be able to do that in our own strength. We are not in our own, our own willpower going to have the determination to be bold for the cause of Christ. We need the Holy Spirit to empower us to stand for the life of Christ, the ways of Jesus, and the words of Jesus. And today, I want to just, I, I want to end our, our time together a little differently. I want to end our time together to give you an opportunity to seek greater empowerment by the Holy Spirit. I want to give you the opportunity to cry out to the Holy Spirit to fill you afresh, not so that you can have some tremendous Goosey goosey um, experience, not so that you can be kind of all revved up. We seek the power of the Holy Spirit so that we might be witnesses of His glory and of His goodness, so that we might praise Him in situations where the environment is not um, eager to receive our praises. That's why he gave us the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. That's why the Holy Spirit came on Pentecost and filled all of those people gathered together in that room. Jesus said, it's so you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the outermost parts of the world. He wants to embolden us, but we need to ask for it. Now, you can't ask the Holy Spirit to embolden you for the cause of Christ unless you are connected to Christ, right? So the first thing, if you're here today and you are disconnected from Jesus, I need you just to take a moment and just tell the Lord, hey, I'm disconnected from you and I want to follow you. Would you please connect me? Jesus said, I am the vine. You are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. We need to be connected to him. So if there's anybody here today and you're disconnected from Jesus, I want you just to take a moment. In fact, I want you just to, I want you to raise your hand and I want you to kind of point it at me. Because I'm going to speak something into you. If that's you and you want to be connected, you're disconnected and you want to be connected Raise your hand. This is the first place for you to be bold. The first place for you to be bold. I see that hand. I see that hand. Yes. 
Anybody, anybody in the balcony? Yes, I see your hand. All right, we're going to all say this together. See, we're not closing our eyes because we're not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, right? We're not, we're not ashamed to come and say, I want to be part of the family of God. So let's just, let's just all say this right out loud together. Jesus, Jesus I, want to be connected to you. I want to be connected to you. I want to disconnect from my past. I ask you to cleanse it with your blood. Put it in the sea of forgetfulness. To as of today, I choose to follow you. I want to get to know you. I receive you as my Savior. All right, hallelujah. Welcome to the family of God. Now, now we can, now we can all together, we can all ask for greater, greater empowerment from the Holy Spirit. Now, in the book of Acts, we are told that the Holy Spirit, there is a dynamic of the Holy Spirit that is available to all of us. Yes, we receive the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit upon salvation. But we see all through the book of Acts that there's an added dimension of the Holy Spirit that's available to us. That we can receive what the Bible would say is the baptism, the infilling, being baptized, submerged in the Holy Spirit. And that we can also receive constant fill-ups refillings you know that we can come to the holy spirit we can come once and ask for that outpouring of the holy spirit to come upon us and fill us to overflowing but then as we leak out throughout life we can come and we can say fill me fresh fill me fresh fill me fresh and we can do that all day all day long 365 days a year and friends i'm telling you for what our world is going what the church is going to be facing in the coming days the bad news is intimidation's going to rise the good news is we're going to have the power to stand against it if we're filled with the holy spirit we're not going to be able to stand in our own strength but we are going to be able to stand with the empowerment of the spirit of the living god operating within us so if you want more emboldenness to stand for Christ I want you to stand with me right now and we're going to pray together today we are going to pray for that overflowing power empowerment of the Holy Spirit just put your hands out with me I'm going to lead us in prayer but you go ahead you just talk to God yourself too if you want to just talk to him and ask him for more ask him for more ask him for more he's a good father and if you ask him he's going to give it to you he says it's available to you and the generations that follow you so let's just come before him father god i just stand here with my brothers and my sisters the people of god that you have redeemed and lord we come before you right now And we declare our weakness. Lord, we don't have what it takes to stand against the intimidation that is being thrown at us. In and of ourselves, Lord, we are going to fail just like Peter did. Lord, we might worship you with great vitality inside the walls of a church. But just like Peter said, I'll never deny you. Lord, we turn right around and we stay silent 
when we see your righteousness being violated. We confess that to you. Lord, we ask you to forgive us. And Lord, we just say today, we recognize that we need more of the Holy Spirit in our life. We recognize that we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit's empowerment. And we ask you today, Lord, would you release the rain of the Holy Spirit upon us afresh? Jesus, you are the baptizer with the Holy Spirit. And we come to you and we just say, Jesus, minister to us. Minister to us and fill us. Fill us with the power that you released on Pentecost. Fill us with the power that you gave Peter and John. Fill us with the power that you gave the first century Christians who had to stand against persecution that required them to shed blood. God, fill us. Jesus, come and minister to us. Pour out the Spirit upon us today. Pour it out. Pour it out. And now I want you just to talk to the Lord for yourself. And I want you to come just before Him. And I want you to cry out to Him on your own. Just seek Him with your own words. If you have a prayer language, if God has gifted you with that, pray in the Spirit. If you haven't been gifted with a prayer language, ask for it. It's a gift from God. It's a gift from God and it's a heavenly language. But just begin to pray in it and cry out to Him in it. Lord, we ask you right now, Holy Spirit, empower us with word. Help us to understand the word more. You are the revelator. You are the revealer of the word of God. Help us. When we go to read our Bibles, empower us more to understand, to see the principles. Write the scriptures upon the tablet of our heart, Lord. Engrave us with the word, Lord God. And Holy Spirit, we ask you to just embolden us to pray with great boldness. We ask you to give us more power, Lord, and, and more courage, Lord, as we pray for the sick. God, embolden our faith to believe that they will walk, Lord, that the lame will walk, that the dead will be raised. God, give us greater confidence by filling us with more of your Holy Spirit. We want the world to see miraculous signs and wonders, not for our glory, Lord, not to... Um, not to display some kind of theatrics, but Lord, we want Jesus to become real to people, to become real to people. And God, we're the conduits of prayer, Lord. So give us boldness for those who, for those who are intimidated to pray out loud. God, I pray right now that you'd break that. You break that timidity in their life right now to your glory. You break that timidity and they would just begin to pour out prayer. Lord, for those who are timid in trusting you to do mighty things, God, I pray that timidity would be broken right now in the name of Jesus. And that we would, our trust would be expanded. And we would confidently come to you, God. And we would pray bold prayers for lost people. We would pay bold prayers for the captives to be set free. For those to come out of the prisons that they're being held in and their emotions, Lord God. Oh, Holy Spirit, come and fill us. Come and embolden us. 
we'll be good stewards of it. We'll be good stewards of it, Lord. We won't violate you. We won't violate you. Lord, you can entrust us with every measure of the Spirit of God that you pour into us. Oh, Holy Spirit, come. Come today. Come today. Pour out. Rain down upon us. Refresh us. Those who have grown weary and well-doing, refresh them today. Refresh them today. Oh, God, we thank you. Oh, we thank you. Oh, God, your people need you. We need you. We need you. Fill us. Fill us. Fill us from the tip of our toes to the top of our heads. Oh, God, strengthen us for the journey that's ahead. Strengthen us. Strengthen us. Oh, God, as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, if we burn, we burn. But they believed you to be a deliverer. Fill us with that kind of boldness, God, to believe that you will be our deliverer as we face fires. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I recognize that sometimes the people who intimidate us the most are the ones that we want respect from. Lord, many times that's family members and we're so hesitant to share our faith because we're so afraid we're going to offend and we're going to lose their admiration or um, relationship is going to break down. God, give us boldness with our family. Lord, not brazen tactics, not unkindness, but Lord, just the tender words to say to them, there's a better way. There's a better way. Follow me as I follow Jesus. Get to know him. He loves you. Lord, help us to navigate those relationship waters. We love them so much. Lord, I'm more afraid of them living an eternity without you than I am them disrespecting me. Give us boldness. Give us courage. And lace it, Lord, with love. Dip our boldness in grace. Dip our boldness in the love of God. And help us, Lord, to love Him more than we love our own life. Our own comfort. Our own security. Holy Spirit, do a fresh work in grace covenant. Fill us. Fill us. Hallelujah. 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 
Praise you, Lord. Can anybody thank God for what he has done in our midst today? Now, I want to encourage you. That is a prayer time you need to have every day. If you want to be able to stand courageously in the face of opposition, you just need to go into your closet and in the morning or on your way into Charlotte or wherever you're going, Hickory, wherever, you just need to pray, Holy Spirit, I need a fresh dose. <laughs> Give me a fresh dose today of you, of you, and help me walk out in this life, this journey empowered by your spirit, because I can't do it in my own strength. God will honor that prayer. God will honor that prayer. And then, you know what? He's also going to allow you to be in situations where you get to see him honor that prayer. So don't shrink back. Be bold. Be courageous. Be bold. In Jesus' name. Amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.